That's an example of what it takes to be sharp. And that's what we're talking about today. We're going to look at that trait of a legendary team. God, God wants us to be a legendary team. And um, so that's, that's why, really that's why we have the child dedication. We spend the time to focus on praying over the kids. Because um, one, of, one of the things God wants, and I, I prayed for Brittany, but I, I know God knows that I was talking about Bethany. <laughs> so sorry, Clovers, but uh, I, I meant Bethany. <laughs> um, but anyway, one of the things God wants from from us as families who've decided, as parents uh, who've decided to follow the Lord, He He wants us to focus on uh, doing things well and training our children up to do things well. And as we do that, that makes Him look good. That that really reflects well on Him. And so, what, what you saw in that video, the, uh, the video of the Apollo crew, they had just worked for three hours to get the maneuver down. And then they decided to go through it all again because they wanted to sharpen up on some things. It usually takes extra effort to be sharp. And especially in family life, as you're raising kids, there's questions that come up. Things go on, and you're perplexed. You're trying to sort things out and think things, think things through. And uh, it takes extra effort not to just go into survival mode and live day by day, just going through the motions and trying to handle things. You, you really need to take the extra effort to be sharp. We're going to look at what that is today. Um, it's, a, it's an important part of the right kind of esprit de corps which is uh, the common spirit existing in the members of a group and inspiring enthusiasm, devotion, and strong regard for the honor of the group. That's, that's the definition from Webster's. <clears throat> the honor of this group is very, very important because of the one we represent. Uh, we're, we're a church who has committed to follow the Lord Jesus Christ to try to figure out how he says to do things. And so... It's very, very important that we hold the honor of the whole group in high regard, that, that we try to live and do things in a way that reflects well on the one that we follow. And to the extent that we do that, he is really honored and glorified. And this is something that goes across the board in our life. It's not something you think, well, I need to be sharp. That's a biblical idea. But it really is. And so these traits that we've been looking at, of legendary teams that we want to be. We want to be a team of people. We want to be a group of people whom God can use to do things that really make a difference in his life. And so uh, as we as we are in, in his world that he's given us to live in. So as we look at these traits, we're digging into the traits of these high-performing teams that are found in Scripture. Um, today we're looking at the third trait which is to be sharp. I've already mentioned that. An alert competence and clear understanding shown in a resourceful and enthusiastic way. I'm not talking about, obviously, a sharp object or sharp words. Uh, there are different ways that you can look at uh, sharp. But this is a reference to the way we do things, to the way we carry things out. The opposites of sharp are obviously dull or dull-witted, unintelligent, foolish, simple, stupid. When we do things well, 
people benefit and others are drawn into the group because they want to be a part of that. This is God's intent for us. I know when I was a young guy in high school, I went to a college baseball game, and I remember watching, the. I, I thought the uniforms were cool, and as soon as they took the field, they sprinted to their positions. And that, that may, I wanted to be a part of that someday. I ended up not being a part of it, but it drew me into it, you know, that wasn't what God had for me, he didn't want me to play baseball, but I thought that was so cool, you know, they're just sprinting full on to their positions. It was sharp. The way it is. So here at CIV, we want to be sharp, and God wants you to be so. He wants you to do things well in your family life, your personal life, at work, in the way that you handle your relationships. And He is pleased, and it reflects well on Him when we are. But here at CIV, we want to be sharp for the right reasons. This is, I, I meant to say earlier, this is a, a message series, the outline of which was put together by uh, my mentor, Harold Bullock. And we're a part of a network of churches. And what we're hoping is that we can grow into churches, that we can be churches that exhibit these characteristics. Uh, and so that we have the right kind of esprit de corps so that God is honored and people drawn to, are drawn to follow him uh, as, as we do what we do. But anyway, here at CIB, we want to be sharp for the right reasons. First, to please the Lord not for competition. It's very easy when you start talking about doing things well or excellence or being sharp. It's easy to want to be sharp to look better than the other people around you. There's something in our hearts that are drawn to that. It's easy to have a twisted attitude toward it. And to be sharp in a way that is... it. It wears you out, and it wears the people out around you because you're just demanding that they do things a certain way, your way, so that you look good. That, that, is, that is not very motivating, but our hearts are drawn to doing things well so that we give the right image of others about ourselves, but that's not what you find in Scripture. It says in Galatians 6, pay very careful attention, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. So pay very care. That's what those guys were doing in the Apollo mission, paying very careful attention to be sharp. And then as we do that, as we do things well, we, we experience a deep satisfaction from it as we set out to do it. We've got to guard against the wrong competition and uh, comparison. Another reason is to represent the Lord well to others. It's another good reason to be sharp. If, if you're a Christian, um, you, what you do and say reflects on the one you follow, the, the one whose name you bear, Christ, Christian. You bear his name. And we exist. People are made... To glorify God. Now, he gives us the choice as to whether or not we're going to follow him, whether or not we're going to bring honor to him. But as we glorify God in the way we do things, as we do them well, he is pleased, and it brings a deep sense of satisfaction to us. So let's look. We're going to look at some facets of what it means to be sharp, and then we're going to look at some characteristics of the approach that we take to things that helps us to become sharp. 
the facets are what it looks like to be sharp. Just like a diamond has many facets, so does this idea of being sharp. We're going to dig into Scripture and find out what that is. First of all, to be sharp means to be effective. Producing the desired outcome. Titus 3.8. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. When something's sharp, when it's done right and done well, it's, it looks good on the outside, but also it produces the desired outcome. It's good for the people that are involved. And it, it really makes sense. It's not like a Hollywood set. That looks good on the outside, and as soon as you open the door, there's nothing there. It was just a facade. That's not, that's not how it is uh, as, as you do things right, do things well that are sharp. Uh, the second facet is it's imaginative. These things are imaginative, creative and intelligent. Psalm 33.3 says, sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. You know, new songs are to be used to praise God. We, we, want, we enjoy a freshness to our worship. We enjoy a freshness to life. We love new things. Um, we want to stay current. We want to be current and creative. And we're, we're to use good judgment, though, as we're current and stay off the other side of the edge. You can go get edgy and go close to the edge in your creativity. We always want to stay grounded. That's what Proverbs 17 says. A discerning man keeps wisdom in view, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. Sometimes we can get so creative that we, we detach ourselves from the right foundation. And so as we, as we think things through, we want to stay grounded and founded on the right things, what is true and good and fits the purpose. A third facet is surprise and delight. Uh, what, what is sharp is surprising. It's doing the unexpected. This is a trademark of what God does, the unexpected. I remember coming in, I, I hadn't, <clears throat> we, we did a, an art exhibit in February based on my message series that we were doing and the art that we displayed was an illustration of the things I was talking about. I remember walking in and being surprised and delighted at the way this place looked and how, you know, the, the art was displayed. We, we built a, a wall to display the art on, and then we had people with trays walking around with hors d'oeuvres. It was really cool. <laughs> and I thought, that, that's, that's, what, that's what I thought of when I, I started to talk about this today. It's... Uh, surprising and delightful. It's more than the expected. And it makes things really enjoyable. This is a trademark of God. This is what he does. Now, we can't be surprising and delightful like him. But we, we can aim to surprise and delight. And, and when we do, we, he has a power and majesty way beyond ours. But as we surprise and delight, we reflect him. Psalm 126.1 talks about this, 1 through 3. When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, we were like men who dreamed. God brought the nation of Israel back from captivity. They, he had sent them into exile from their, their homeland 
because of disobedience to him. When he brought them back, they were, like, they were so pleased. It was like a dream, like they were living a dream. They had to pinch themselves. They couldn't believe it. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. This is, this is what God does. God does interesting and majestic things. And as we experience them, as we run across them, we're surprised and we're delighted. To be delighted carries the idea of giving keen enjoyment. I remember we were coming back from Oklahoma on a trip. Uh, well, we dropped my son off at college. And since it's Father's Day, I will confess something to you. Uh, we, we dropped him off at college. And he just happened to call us, and we had run over to the edge of the Grand Canyon. We were just going to look look at the Grand Canyon, and Thad, who's here, called and said, Hey, what are you guys doing? I said, Oh, well, we stopped by the Grand Canyon. He said, You're kidding me. I've asked every time we pass the Grand Canyon <laughs> to stop, and you wouldn't do it. And you drop me off in college, and you go to the Grand Canyon. So, well, we needed something to think about other than the fact that we just dumped you in college. <laughs> what can I say? Uh, it was one of those parenting faux pas that you make. You know, it's like, oh, no, I forgot. What am I doing? Um, but anyway, this is my attitude toward the Grand Canyon. And the reason I never stopped that, this is the reason I never stopped, is because I thought, you know, what's the big deal? Big hole in the ground, you know? I mean, you just... Go over to the edge of it, and I'd been there. I couldn't remember what it was like, and so I'd been there before. We drove over. My picture is we're going to drive, we're going to take a look, and then we're going to get back on the road, keep moving. Well, we went, and I saw it, and I was, I was in such awe at the beauty of the place. It was, it was surprising and delightful, and my heart was drawn into praise of the one who made this. That's how God is. He's surprising and delightful. As you see the variety in the way that he has shaped things. Um, yeah, driving through the desert and all of a sudden there are these formations that have formed out of wind. And that are cut out of the, the sides. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing what God does. He, he could have just been pretty drab and dull. But he's not. What he does is very, very interesting, and it's surprising and delightful. And so we want to do that as well. Proverbs 8, 27, and verse 30 and 31 says this. This is wisdom speaking. Wisdom is personified here. I was there when he set the heavens in place, speaking of God, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep. Then I was the craftsman at his side. I was filled with delight. Day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. It's amazing what God has done. It's delightful. A fourth characteristic or facet of uh, being sharp is tastefulness, being tasteful. What is appropriate in context. There's a Greek or a Hebrew word that the Old Testament was written in originally. It's spelled T-A-A-M, to am. It has the idea of taste, having good taste. And something that's sharp is paying attention to the context 
that it's in, and it shows good taste in the way that you go about it. Proverbs 11.22 says, Like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman who shows no discretion. She lacks taste. Can you imagine a pig farmer putting some bling bling in their pig's nose? I mean, come on. Why would you? Why would, you just look at that and you go, that's not right. What is he thinking? And so that's the idea. You, you, you want to, if you do things that are sharp, you do things that people go, that is right. That is really good. That, and your hearts are drawn toward the right things, not toward the wrong things. And many times this depends on where you are. It's, it's, that's why we say in context, because sometimes dress is appropriate in one part of the world and it's not appropriate in another or even one part of the country and not in another. So it's important to pay attention to the context. Sometimes we focus on us and it's all about, well, I want to wear this or I want to say this or I want to do this. So that's not really wise because taste factors into your progress in life. As you choose to have taste and pay attention to your context and say things and do things that are appropriate, you're able to move on and and really see God work and honored and pleased with what you're doing. So let's look at some traits of being sharp. In other words, how to approach things in a sharp way. How do you do that? You know, we're really into enhanced versions of things right now. I don't know. Enhanced TV. It's an interactive form of TV, supposedly. We like... We like it when old records are remastered, and so they sound better. They're kind of up to date. Same thing with uh, old movies. You know, they make them. We like that. We buy that. We we're we're enamored with enhanced stuff. We buy new stuff all the time. We like it. You know, we just don't want to watch the same old kind of TV. What's the latest? You know, the plasma or the the newest thing. There's probably something else that's out there. Uh, as we speak, it's going to be in the Sunday paper as we look. But we love new things because we don't want to do the same old thing the same old way. We we want it to be new and fresh. We look to improve. In order to do that, this is a very important thing in in family life, in our work life, and here in ministry, to not just go through the motions, but to really give some thought. How can we make this better? How can we make this good for the people who are involved? There are some traits First one is perceptive, to be perceptive, to see what is not immediately obvious. That's, that's what it takes to be sharp. You have to see more than the average. Um, practicing the Word of God helps with this. Psalm 19.7 says it makes the wise simple. As you get into the Word, it makes, makes the wise, I mean, it makes the simple wise, sorry. I have wise simple here. That's why I said that. Um, but it makes the simple wise. As you get into it, you begin to learn different categories and different ways of looking at things that discriminate. It helps you become more discriminating in the way you live your life. So being perceptive is important. To do that, if you're perplexed, if you're wondering about something in your own personal life, in your family life, in work, here, here in ministry, if you're serving on a team, leading a team, leading a group, ask God for insight. Pray for help. And seeing more than what's obvious. Help, God, help me to see below the surface of what's going on in my marriage, in my family, here in, in the ministry. God, help me to see what's going on. So pray for insight. 
Be alert for developing problems and opportunities. The prudency, danger, and take refuge, Proverbs 27 says. And then learn to accurately read people and situations. That's all a part of being perceptive. <clears throat> Second trait is to be enterprising. Taking initiative, even with the difficult. Here, here's an interesting verse in the Bible. It says, if a snake bites before it is charmed, there is no profit for the charmer. The idea here is, if you don't charm the snake quickly, you're going to get bitten and die, and then there's no profit in that. You're done. It's all over. And so what the, what the verse is communicating is, there's a window of opportunity that's going to go away. And we need to be enterprising. We need to take the initiative to make the most of that. A third trait is to be skillful and resourceful in handling situations. This is a great verse, Psalm 78, 72, describing David, who was a great king in Israel. It says he shepherded them, the nation, with integrity of heart, with skillful hands, he led them. It's interesting, he developed the integrity and skills while tending sheep in the fields. That, that's, that's where it developed. He, he learned it there. And God, whatever God has given you, may seem like a small thing, may not seem that important. But what he wants to do is he wants to use that responsibility to develop your heart, to develop integrity and skill in you. And so... Uh, that's a very important trait as we set out to follow him. Fourth, to be honorable in word and deed. This is Paul describing his ministry, and it's written here for our instruction. It says, for we are taking pains to do what is right. It's a pain to do what's right. It's, it takes effort to, to do the extra. It's painful, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of men. Um. If you're, if you're doing what's honorable in word and deed, if you're doing right for the right reasons, then you don't need to manipulate or undermine anyone because God's at work and he draws people toward it. Um, if something's done sharp in the right way, uh, you, you, don't, you don't have to build in strings or hidden agendas to try to trick people into doing the right things. Because they're drawn to it by the living God himself, because you're working in line with the way he works. Fifth, enthusiastic. It's enthusiastic with eagerness. Romans 12:11 says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. In other words, don't drag your feet in doing God's work and God's will. If you know what it is, if you know what he wants, be enthusiastic. To get after it. Our core motive in all this is to be to be sharp. Our core motive to be sharp is to hear God say, Well done. As we wrap up. Here's the, here's a parable, here's a, a phrase from a story that Jesus told to illustrate this. And he said, The one who's done well will hear the master, master say, the master replied, Well done. Good and faithful servant, you have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. So we want to do well. We want to do right. We want to please God in our doing well. As the Lord's, as we've looked at the 
the word this morning as we dug into the scriptures. God may be speaking to you. I'd like to give you an opportunity on your connection card uh, to make a commitment to take another step. And I've listed some steps there for you that you may want to take. The first one is, I will aim to please the Lord and say no to comparison and competition. Maybe, maybe you struggle with that. Maybe you struggle with the wrong kind of competition. I want to look good so that I'm better than everybody around me. You want to say no to that and set your heart to please God. Maybe that's something the Lord spoke to you about. Second step you could take is, I will take the extra steps to be sharp in a certain area of your life. Maybe in your family. Maybe you're just survival mode. You're going through every day. You need some time to, to think and to pray. Step back. What is it going to take to do the extra? It's a hard thing. It's difficult. But I'm going to push through this and take the extra effort to do what needs to be done. Maybe that's in your family life, in your work, in your personal life in some way, here in your ministry at church. But I will take the extra steps to be sharp and you fill in the blank. And then finally, I want to choose enthusiasm and ask God to help me be eager in doing right. Maybe you've fallen into the doldrums. It's just like, oh, going through the motions. When I get like that, I get nervous. And I ask God, Lord, would you help me to want to do what I know is right? Would you give me the motivation that I need to please you and to do what would would bring honor to you? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for the truth that we find in your word. It directs us. It it does make us wise. Those as we're as we're simple in and of ourselves, and we don't see everything we should see. Your word really helps us to to learn how to to do life in a, in a way that brings honor and glory to you. So God, we we thank you for that. We thank you for giving us the scripture that gives direction. Father, as we've listened to your word, as we got into it this morning, uh, I pray that you'd give us the power to, your word really helps, you'd give us the power to to step out and follow through and do what we set on our hearts to do. That you give us the ability to take the next steps and that we watch you work in and through us as we do so, Lord.